From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike De Niro. Today we have a super stack show for you. We are joined by a very special guest, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up and still to this day, one of my favorite wrestlers. The Notorious 187 Homicide is in the building, baby. We have a very special interview with him today. He discusses everything from his start in wrestling, Ring of Honor, becoming a Ring of Honor World Champion, TNA, LAX, the new LAX, and his return to Ring of Honor currently as the Tag Team Champions with Chris Dickinson, and a whole lot more. You don't want to miss it. We got the news and notes from around the wrestling world, and we're going to talk about last night's NXT. So... Before we get into the Superstack show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean podcast and coming along for the ride. Fans from Mexico, Canada, Germany, Taiwan, Ireland, India, the UK, Australia, Brazil, Philippines, the United States, Canada, you know, from all over the world. All over the world. Without you guys, there is no one. So thank you so much for all the support. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on the old Twitter machine at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Also, make sure you check out the YouTube for the video of every interview that we have here. And some very cool exclusive content that you can't see anywhere else. So... Without further ado, let's bring on our boy. Here is the Notorious 187, Homicide. Yo, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today we are joined by a very special guest. We got the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion in the building, the, the former NWA Tag Team Champion, Former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, the Notorious One Eight Seven Homicide. What's up, man? All right, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. Nah, it's an honor, man. I really appreciate you coming on and doing the podcast with me, bro. Thank you, thank you again. Yeah, how you how you doing though? How you feeling lately? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I'm I'm still alive, man. I'm surprised. <laughs> I should have been <laughs> there a long time ago, but I'm still here, you know. Yeah, God bless. God bless for sure. So, Hold yo. Down, man. I've been a been like a huge fan of yours for a long time. We even worked together back in the past. Like, I don't know if you remember Tier One Wrestling. I was a small little part of that back in the day, like a couple years ago. Like yes. I, I used to do security there, met you there. You was always a class act. I met you at a TNA event a couple years ago. You was really cool there, man. So I've always been a big fan of you personally and like your work in the ring too. So like I said, it's an honor. 
Oh, thank you so much, man. Thank you. So let's go back to like growing up and being a wrestling fan when you was younger. Like what type of wrestling were you into? Who was you a fan of? Um, of course, I'm from New York City. Um, I love Hulk Hogan. I was a Hulkamania. Um, when WrestleMania 6 came along, he wrestled Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior. I was crushed. I felt like <laughs> Hulkamania was dead. And one day, um, I was flicking channels, and at New York, we had this thing called Channel 68. It was like a stolen cable. It was something. Yeah, and they were showing wrestling every week, seven o'clock, and Fridays and Monday they were showing NWA, and I saw a match with uh, Ric Flair fighting Ricky Steamboat, and I was saying to myself, "Wow, there's other wrestling. I thought it was only WWE. I had no clue it was yeah. Japan, Mexico, anything like that." So I was watching this product. I- I remember Ricky Steamboat WrestleMania 3. I was like, oh, he went to another promotion. So it reminded me like joining the Yankees and traded to the Angels, you know, something like that. So yeah. uh, Ric Flair won, and I hated Ric Flair. To me, it reminded me like a, a, a rich guy who didn't give a damn about nobody, especially poor people, because I'm one of those poor people back in the days. Terry Funk was the, the, the judge. And he, he came out and he said, hey, man, I want a title shot. Ric Flair, he was getting cocky, saying, go back to Hollywood with Sylvester Stallone. You need to be a contender to, yeah. to have this belt. He was right. But the way he said it, he was like a little dick mood, you know? Yeah. But, um, Terry was like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me apologize to you. And I always tell people from the streets, <laughs> like, watch out with the left hand and watch mm-hmm. out for the left hook. And he just bust him up. After that, I fell in love with Terry Fun, became one of my idols. I was watching NWA constantly. I was watching Halloween Havoc. That was my first video when it comes to like rented videos. Yeah. And it was a cage match with Sting and uh, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk and the Big Muda. And it was a wrap after that. I, I fell in love with NWA and mixed it up with WCW. But mind you, I still love WWF, but it was, yeah. it was different. ECW came along. It was like, man. Forget about it after that, right? Like, they just took over and shit. Exactly. You know, then after I was studying wrestling, I was studying Japan. Um, That's where really my fluids came from is Japan. And I studied um, the European, like the UK. Then I went to Mexico. And I just studied everything, man. That's the one thing about myself. I want to learn every style because I feel that every country got a different style. Yeah, definitely. So, like, where was the transition from being a fan and then saying, you know what, I think I actually could do this. I'm going to do, like, my best to get into the business and, like, try my hand in it. Oh, I was wanting to do it. Uh, I mean, the first match I've ever seen was British uh, Bulldog versus the Dream Team. It was Beefcake and um, Hammer. Mm. And after that, I wanted to become a pro wrestler. Of course, everybody was laughing at me, including my mother. My friends, it was it was because I was a fat pudgy kid back in the days, you know. So after that, you know, joining the right people, and uh, I was saying, yo, I want to be a pro wrestler. And one day, boom, I I went to a school. I was locked up actually in Rikers Island. Wow. And instead of getting out, I joined the wrestling school. I had a friend who wanted to do a pickup. He mm. go to the school. Actually, it was a bodega grocery store. And um, 
I see a couple of cats in the ring. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, my father owns a wrestling class. And I was I was tripping. And yeah. I, I found out some information. It was 25 bucks to get in, learn everything, and boom. I give my money. I, I started joining wrestling the next day. I was 70 years old at the time. Wow. I was part of a began doing stupid stuff. I be dropped out of high school, mm-hmm. just doing stupid and wrestling saved my life. That's what's up, man. Like, I'm glad that you had that like life-changing experience in, through wrestling. So the first time I saw you, I think it was Jersey All-Pro in the 90s like late nineties, like 99 ish. And then when you really started to blow up, when like I saw you like on DVDs and all that, it's when you was in ring of honor. So like, what was it like being in ring of honor in the early days, working with guys like Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, CM Punk. How was that? Like, because at that time ring of honor was like the new ECW. It was like on the rise. It was the underground. Yeah. There was such a crop of talent and you was a big part of that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that ring of honor shouldn't be picked up the way it is right now. It became a, Great promotion, television. I'm talking about like big three, four, five, whatever. It's it's big part of the the wrestling community. I, back in the days, this dude came up to me. Hey, I got a wrestling in Philadelphia. I want you and your partner to join in. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And we got booked, and it was one of those like we had no clue it was gonna pick up and blow up. After that, um, of course, uh, a lot of people call me. I'm like a leader, boss. Of to New York um, at the time back in the 90s we had territories like basically I bring my guys from New York to New Jersey New Jersey they like us because we work too hard too mm. stiff or whatever you want to call it went to Philadelphia we had a couple of cats um, who was friend of us Baltimore so I was representing my state mm. and um, I went to this promotion we made sure that New York had their own locker room you know because nobody liked us but the one thing I give respect to everybody from that company, everybody was together. We have cats from the Midwest, like BJ Whitmer, Coca Banda, Ace Stu, CM Punk. They came along first. After that, he came to the West Coast. West Coast, Samoa Joe, then Brian, Christopher Daniels, you know, and we was protected, but we made sure that nobody messed with us. But the one thing about those cats, we was together. Uh, there was a couple of times, like someone Joe, like nobody's gonna try to bully me. You know, like black dude, nobody's trying to bully you. I'll yeah. be testing you. And he did pass. I always remember I had a match, and um, it was I think it was him and Loki in the wrestler, and Loki represent uh, for me as one of my students. And we, it was me and Julius Smokes. We went to a club, and the first time we met up. Tomorrow came out to us and we was kicking and we clicked very well. I was like one of my best friends and in the world, man, like he's doing his thing. And uh, same thing with Dan O'Brien. Everybody just made their moves and rid of butter and it just picked up and blew up. And it was, yeah, it was a new EC there at the time because we had so much talent all over the world. So I'm very surprised the way it is right now. Yeah, it's definitely like a night and day difference between the old Ring of Honor and the new Ring of Honor, how it went from like the underground to now it's mainstream and it's big pay-per-view lights. Like when we come back from this commercial break, we will have more with Homicide. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy. As Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. But in those early days in Ring of Honor, your first run there, like what was some of your like top matches or your favorite matches? Um, I started at Tag Team Coordinator Centers. I had the Mike Amaya mask. Um, Boogaloo was a level face. Uh, our first feud was the Boogie Knights. They found the Bronx, New York, very underrated. If they were still here, I'm telling you, they would be in the WWF or All League Wrestling. They'd be somewhere. They're so underrated. It's incredible. Yeah. After that, uh, my partner, he went to another promotion. I was doing solo, and I was doing a match with Trent Asset, one of my friends who passed away, rest in peace. He was phenomenal. Um, he reminded me like Shawn Michaels of independent wrestling. For sure. Um, of course, that's when the top heads came along, like someone, Joe. He was one of my top guys that, that I wrestled because – it was more like that fire. I brought that fire in him, you know, like he's coming from the West Coast. Okay, East Coast is my hometown, so I'm going to bring it to him. And, man, we brought it to each other. And same thing with CM Punk. Um, it was a nobody. The guy was like, to me, remember, like I came with the mic. You know, the guy spit fire when it comes to the microphone. He's a great wrestler, too. And he brought his crew talking, man. I, I called them the evil John Ritter. I don't know why. But, and dude is very talented, very phenomenal. Same with Peter Wimmer. Yeah. All those guys came in, man. It was a bless, you know. But Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Dan Bryan. I had a match with um, Gibson, um, John Gibson. He was, mm-hmm. He's in Dirty when I producer, but that guy's phenomenal. Very I wish I had a long yeah. period of time with him. But he, but he had a short term word of honor. Um, yeah, I would say my opinion, Samoa Joe, Darren Bryan, I had a best of five series. It was great. Um, CM Punk, um, I think we had an underrated few. was not talked about. I wish it was talked about more. Yeah. But I would say Samoa Joe is my number one in word of honor. That's awesome, man. So on December 23rd, 2006, Ring of Honor comes to uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, no, the, the Grand Ballroom in Manhattan, New York. And that's the night you won the Ring of Honor champion. 
What was that moment like? And what was it like for Ring of Honor to tell you that they're getting behind you and they're going to make you the top guy and the champion? It was uh, incredible because I, I felt a moment that I was very uh, on the side note, you know, like I wasn't used proper, you know, people tell me great. I should have been right now with all those guys that was on TV. And I, I felt winning that championship belt, my name would be involved. Like CM Punk, Samojo, all those high class guys, AJ Styles, all those guys. Yeah. In my whole time, and I, all I was thinking is, I'm winning the belt in the first episode of Monday Night Raw in the Madden Center. It was crazy, you know. I was like, wow, like dreaming. Now, of course, see, my boy Julius Small pitched me my dream. I'm like, right, I kind of wake up. Yeah. I, I got work to do, and um, that that ending. Up that match with the one, two, three in the bell ring, I was all real, all emotional. Mm-hmm. Man, it was an incredible. If, 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 God forbid, if I retire right now, I would be happy, man, that that moment came to my life, man, because I have CM Punk got signed from WWE and he came all over to New York to watch my match. The Briscoe oh. brothers have. We are feuding. There was in the curtain, you know, watching my match. And that to me, that's big. You know what I mean? Uh, I think nobody in the locker room, everybody was watching my match. It was a really, really, really big thing in my wrestling career. I've been wrestling for 27 years, and I did a lot of stuff. I went to Japan. I was in national television as homicide, but that's a different story. That moment in December of 2006, you know, that was a big moment for me when I won the title in my hometown. And that reaction, the the drama, the emotion, it was all real. And it was like what it was. I finally made it. I finally is part of that list. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, definitely. I was uh I was very underground, you know what I mean? I just don't give a damn about anything, you know. I'm very underground, non-PG, you know, and trying to make business the right way. Now I understand the business. Real, yet, sure. real talk. So I'm good now, man. It just what a what a moment. No, nah, definitely. I remember like the crowd was just going nuts. And then even afterwards, like when they were playing the Jim Jones song balling afterwards for a while, and you just yeah. soaked it all up. The crowd was just loving it. Everyone was going ball, and that was fire, man. But yeah, yeah man. And I always tell MVP, take my stuff, man, because MVP been balling, man. It yeah. was like a little inside joke, man. It was, man, it was incredible, man. It's very incredible right now that 15 years later, I win the Ring of Honor Tag Belt with sure. Chris Dickinson. Mm-hmm. That to me, I'm passing the torch because he's the one's going to take over not only the New York wrestling, but just everything, you know. And yeah, Definitely. He's very talented. And it's long overdue. He's been on the indies killing it for a long-ass time. Oh, yeah, man. I, I told him, it just started, man. Just enjoy yourself, you know. Sure. I'm talking, talking to the choir about, you know, stuff like that, but he's going to kill it. Yeah, definitely. So, also, in 2006, you make your debut for TNA. You uh, are instantly into one of the top storylines. You are formed with uh, Conan, and it wasn't Hernandez quite yet. It was Apollo. Yeah, Apollo, yeah. yep. Yeah, and Yeah, definitely. So, and also on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, we go back in time. We watch a lot of that old, like, TNA from, like, the Spike TV era and stuff. So, like, we are just covering all that right now, too. So, it's cool to have you on the show. But what was it like, like, getting that call from uh, TNA coming in and then telling you that you're going to work with Conan in the top storyline? 
what the story was that nobody knows about this. That um, I went to Puerto Rico. Uh, it was me and them, my bestest, Ron Killens and, and uh, Conan. Mm. And me and Conan clicked very well. And um, he told me, yo, man, I'm going to call you. I got a new project coming out. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And uh, <laughs> one day uh, I was in Rhythm Honor having a match. It was in New York. And Mick Foley was a was like in the locker room, just watching it. Yeah. He saw me wrestle, I think, Park Cabana. He came up to me like, oh, my God, like, this man will really love you because you have the crowd in your hands. I could never understand what he was saying. And Big Fella was like, it's not only that Spanish, but you have blacks, you have whites, you have everybody in, in your hand. We, like, it was like a form. I call it like a Voltron. I call everybody like Voltron, you know, and... um. I was like, oh, thank you. And Mick Fuller said, hey, man, I'm going to give you his number, his agents, call him up, get hooked up. This is like 2005 that happened, and the Tina was 2005. So it was one of those, like, which pill I'm going to take, WWE mm -hmm. or TNA? You know, and I called everybody, and uh, I picked TNA because uh, I ran very well with Conan. It was a new project, something new. It was national television for Spike TV. I think right now it's Paramount Network. Yeah, and um, they were telling me, you I got this new project called the Land America to change. We just sick and tired of these gringos out there in the back, dissing us Latinos. And I'm like, oh, okay, I mean, yeah, I'm not one of those, cab. okay, yeah. you know. And uh, I picked TNA, and I was from December 20, December 29, 2005. It was me and Dilly, but we going to Florida, and I made my debut, and I tagged uh. Mr. Pete Bob Armstrong, and mm -hmm. um, he was telling me, like, yeah, man, we're gonna phone this factory, everything will be good. Everything my corner was saying was all true, you know. He, he's my boy, you know, <laughs> and um, that's another blessing, man, because at first I was thinking, like, well, I don't want to diss Mick Foley because to us, so respected, yeah. so respected dude, you know. But the reason I picked him because I need something new for my life at the time, no, it was not about. Small guys like me because I'm only five seven, but I hit hard like a 200 pounder. And yeah. big men didn't like that, so you know, I go to TNA and let's see what happens. It was and a different I, landscape back in the day, it's not like it is today where you have like smaller guys who actually get a chance, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I always tell people, like, except Olin, even Dan, Dean Ambrose, and like, at the time, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Liger, those cruiserweights, yeah. but. They will win the world championship because at the time it was about heavyweight championship. Yeah. But it's different, you know. But yeah, man, but TNA was like a blessing, man. I thought it tested me, man. I feel like they still testing me, like, oh, he's gonna fail. He's gonna make happy with Conan, you know, and bring this guy because the original plan was they want two big guys, like the mm -hmm. Twin Towers, like I keep the boss, man. They want Hernandez and Apollo to tag up. And Corner was pushing, no, you got to be homicide, the real deal, you know, blah, 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 and all this. And you I came in there, and I really felt, I'm going to give this guy like a muff, and we're going to fight him. And one muff became like six years. Yeah, man. So, I like that. I proved it. I love I love stuff yeah. like that. When you think I'm a failure, I'm going to prove to y'all, you know? Yeah. And that's what I did. And at the time, I was teaming up with Apollo. He had a little travel problems in Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. I think the one much they like the same size. They need somebody like the Hard Foundation. And that's when Hernandez came along and we tore it up.
Stay tuned because after this commercial break, we have more with Homicide, including his thoughts on the other renditions of LAX, including the current LAX that just debuted for MLW and his unknown involvement in that LAX. So stay tuned for an exclusive here with Homicide. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yeah, definitely. LAX starts to really like take off when they brought in Hernandez, and you guys had like this chemistry with each other that it wasn't like you didn't have that chemistry with Apollo too much and Machete. But when you got together with, Hama, with Hernandez, sorry, you and Hernandez just like took it to the next level and became a top tag team for years to come in TNA. Yeah, at the time with Apollo, we couldn't have great chemistry, but I was so in shock. I was in La La Land. Like, I'm in national television. Oh, wow. I should break that up and just go right away because on the real, man, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I'm really here. You know, I'm not yeah. those other cats be like, okay, it's time to go to work. You know, and that's good. They be thinking about that. But, man, I'll I, I be in shock. Like, I'm here. I can't believe that. It's a real moment, yeah. yeah, reality checks in. I'm like, right, it's on. And that's what happened with Apollo. That's why we had no chemistry, and he had problems with some some airplane issues or whatever. But Hernandez came in; it was like it's time to work. And the Definitely. first time I met him, I was like, "All right, uh, we gotta change you. Um, do you like blood and blood out American meat?" He said, uh, <laughs> "I never seen that. Why well, you gonna see that? If you like that photos tattoo, it's mm. like I created a monster, and me and Kirby create the whole image." And he became one of those battles, you know, like from yeah. blood in, blood out. And I think he did very well. Now he's obsessed with that. So it's like, slow down, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, for sure. So with all the history and lineage behind the NWA Tag Team Champions and how many amazing tag teams that went down in history, Hall of Famers that held those titles, what was it like to hold those titles with Hernandez? Oh, it's another blessing, like we're in a wonderful world championship, you know, between then, I grew up watching NWA. Yeah. Um, 
I, I really felt that being Hernandez are the first Latinos, you know, uh, to become one of the tag champions on that list. Andre is the oldest wrestling group in, mm -hmm. in the world, you know, older than IWGP, WWF, you know, and be part of that history, it means a lot. Of course, there are other Latinos, but uh, I forget their names, but that are masculine. I'm talking about somebody free, you know, like myself, you know, like the real deal. And, um, it was just just pure happiness. And we wrestled Christopher Dennis, JJ Styles to get those both. And that was like our first major feud. Yeah. And at the time, I felt like Christopher Daniel is like the best in the world. You know, to me, if there's a football team, he's like the captain of the football team. Yeah. And that's a straight shoot, man. Like he doesn't know that, but it's like if somebody try to harm him, try to bother him, you know, we, we got his back. That, that's how respect Daniels is. And AJ was like this white, this white boy coming from the South, you know, like, you cool, you mad cool, you know what I mean? And he blew up out of nowhere, yeah. but he knew that he is going to be a real phenomenal professional wrestler. And look at him right now, and he got what he wanted. He's the same age like myself. He's 44, and he's still killing it. He's, he's Now he's in the WWE as a tag champion. Yeah, he's he had a great it. Yeah. It's good fans, so it was very a humble experience that we beat those guys and we part of the history books, you know. So we, I'm happy. <laughs> so you were just mentioning AJ and Daniels. You guys actually had a legendary Ultimate X match with AJ and Daniels. What was it like to wrestle in the Ultimate X match, trying to shimmy across those ropes? Like people don't see, like they see it on TV and it looks fun and shit, but it's like they don't understand yeah. how hard that probably <laughs> is to be on those ropes trying to shimmy your ass over to the belt. So it's that hard, man. And that's another thing that nobody trying to figure out. That is the first ever tag team doing X Division, yeah. whatever that is, <laughs> the yeah. Ultimax. But it's hard, man, especially I had a bad shoulder for years. I had like a road to the cup, HT mm. joint. So mm. I got to do a military style when I climb those ropes. I can't be hanged on those ropes, you know. Yeah. But it's hard, man. It burns your the hands, it's real rope. It's not it's not one of those big guys ropes, real, you know, it's it's hard, you know, and and you gotta have great balance, you know. I don't know how Christopher Dennis could climb up and look like Spider-Man and jump <laughs> over the, the middle of and get the X, you know, yeah. but like I say, he's the man, you know, but it's hard, man. It's very hard, and that was maybe the first ever major major pay-per-view feud we ever had, or yeah. the first ever tag team ultimate X match and that was another history in the books, you know, so it's a lot of stuff, man. I made days in the history books, but, you know, nobody ever like realized that, but it's all good. I, I felt some kind of way back in the days. I was like, ah, it's a what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So, in I believe it was 2009, they made the decision to break LAX up, right? And they had you feuding for a little bit with Hernandez. Were you ready to go on your own and be a singles wrestler in TNA, or did you still think that there was some steam behind LAX and you wanted to ride that out a little longer? Now I was real pissed off, man. I thought it was more of a, the, the behind the scenes that let's break them up, you know. I, to this day, I still don't know why. Mm -hmm. I was I was mad, you know. Uh, they want the Hennets to become this world champion, material kind of guy, and um, I don't know where the hell I'm going to be at. But I was playing the joke. Like, I'm going to be like a Puerto Rican Brian Pillman, just going crazy. And, and yeah. it worked. And um, I wrestled this um, um, suicide. It was the, I want the exhibition belt. 
and um, I wasn't too happy that I won that belt because my dad passed away and somebody was telling me, like, do it for your father. And to me, it was like, my business, you know, that's personal, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't too happy about it because I think that LAX wasn't fully grown and it wasn't, um, it was not the end. And it yeah. splits up. I think it was a stupid decision. Whoever made that decision, I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Jeff Jerry. I thought it was Dixie Carter, but mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all. So it is what it is. You know, I was in a contract. We must split ways. I did my thing and let's do this thing. And I think that was the dumbest idea to split us open. Nah, I, I thought that at the time too, like you guys had a lot more left in the team. But, you know, throughout the years, like years later, LAX comes back, different forms of it. Santana and Ortiz, they brought you in as like the bodyguard with them, with uh, LAX when they brought them back with uh, TNA. And then even currently they have a new LAX. Conan is managing a new LAX in MLW. So what's your like opinion on the different variations of LAX and you being the original member of LAX? Well, you're the first person to know about this in your show. Um, it's a shoot. After real talk. Um, me and Corner, we treat LEX like a real, uh, I, I would not say like a real gang or organization. It's, it's like real, you know what I'm saying? So Family. it's hard to explain. Um, with Satana Ortiz, I got the green light, you know, to them to join because I want to pass the torch to those guys because they were doing things in New York City. Yeah. So I want to, I want to. If you really like, and they're the ones going to take over because I want nobody, nobody to take over LAX because mm-hmm. I felt that me and Ed are not done. But they told us why, the reason, and it comes with politics and everything. And when I heard about Satel T's about take over, hell yeah, I want those guys, you know, so I give the green light. They join, they throw it up, down there. They proud and powerful, all the wrestling. I feel they are the future of. Tattoo wrestling, they're gonna have a hell of a few FTR. You know, I've been telling FTR, yeah. man, kick my boys' ass, man, because I feel they're gonna bring it to them. But the yeah. way I feel about our Santotis, they get so motivated, especially Santana, that they're gonna tear it up, man. They're gonna really go to tear it up, and they're gonna be the top tag teams in our promotion, maybe in the world. Then here comes Slice Boogie and Denny Limelight. Now, um, I work with Slice Boogie in NWA. I'm an agent in NWA. I like his swag. I like his style. He's from New York City. He's from the West Coast now. Yeah. It's something about him I like. I like like I like to read people vibes, you know, and had a good vibe with him. He's talented. The corner was like, yo, I'm breaking the new LEX, you know, like pre box for me for Slice Boogie. And I was like, mm, okay. I like them. Let me talk to him and see what's up. I spoke yeah. to him. We, you know, we clicked very well. Um, and I talked current green light. Slice boogies in. All right, how about Daniel Limelight? I really don't know. I never met him, you know. I just spoke to him on the phone and I told him, like, yeah, this is the way it is, blah, 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 you know, because um, Corner was telling me that he did a couple of shots in the West Coast for Crash Lucha Libre Wrestling and he liked them. And I was like, okay, you know, let me talk to him. Let him let, let me fill him out. And um, and I told Corner, he's a green light. 
And I heard one day, yeah, they went to MLW and that's the new LEX with my boy Julius Smokes. And mm. that makes it even better. You yeah. know, like, let's keep it real. Because there's so many smart wrestling fans, you know. We we had this idea that Julius Smokes would be that Dominican guy, that Negro Dominican. He's black man. Yeah. Who's going to believe that, you know? Everybody knows Julius Smokes for the honor. So I felt that Joe Smokes knows me, you know, from the streets, and he's the one's going to bring the new LEX with Conan. So to me, having Slice Boogie and then a lot of that's like a big real life for me. If anybody got a problem with, like, you know, those comments from Twitter, I got on Twitter, I heard his back. And, oh, I don't know why, you know, those guys, I'm the one getting the green light. I'm the one who talk Conan, yeah, bring those guys, you know? So it's really me, like, if... If if Conan is like the boss, I'm the capo. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the under boss yeah. of the mafia. You know what I mean? So I'm happy with that. And I gotta give a big shout out to Mike Paro, who's an independent wrestler, he's also on um and he told me something like catch my mind that Elliot is a brand, you know, like it's not a one thing and boom, it disappeared. Elliot was born in 2005. Look what we have right now. We have 2021, even though it's new guys coming in, but that brand, that name is still there. And yeah. I'm still there. I'm the one with the brains when it comes, like, I'm hood. Like, I'm not those educated, and I wish I was, you know, but I'm very hood, street, smart, believable. I love those kids to be, you know, believable. It's like Boogie, he is, you know, he's one of those cats, and I tell people, watch out for that too, you know. That guy's over six, I think it's five, eleven, six feet, and he can fly. That's you know, the, so he got a great future. That's really dope that your your opinion is still like so like revered that they still gonna ask you, even though like you're not in MLW right now, they still want to make sure that you are cool with this like change and yeah. then letting the name yeah. live on. And I'm so happy with that. That's why I asked for, you know, man. Like I said, like I was I was telling somebody I'm not gonna be like AJ Styles, John Cena, or Roman Reigns. But give me the proper respect when it comes behind the scenes. Because I know I know myself, you know, to be yeah, sometimes I smoke a little cush or what or I drink or eat. But when it comes to wrestling, man, I'm like Doogie House, man. I know my stuff, you know what I mean? So they give me the proper respect, especially legends out there, man. And I'm I'm very honored where I'm at right now. That's why if I retire, I'll be happy, you know, what I did for my life. You know, I'm from, I'm I'm from the hood in Brooklyn for the projects. Yeah. And I went all over the world. I can see my passport and I'm like, man, this is a lot, you know. So I'm happy, man. I, I can't I can't front. I'm happy. That's what's up, man. When we come back from this break, we'll have the last part of our Homicide interview. And we'll be talking about his return to Ring of Honor and his Ring of Honor tag team title win at Best in the World with Chris Dickinson. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. So what's it like after all these years coming back to Ring of Honor, winning the tag team titles with Chris Dickinson on national pay-per-view? How is that feeling like to be back into your old stopping ground and still be relevant, still win the champions in this day? Um, I'm surprised. I'll be honest with you, man. I was very surprised. You know, I got a call. Uh, I was brought to King. We got a new click. Same thing with Connick. New click, new project. Yeah. And um, the booker hit me up an email. I was like, work? And um, okay. And then I showed up. And like I said, man, I'm in La La Land. Like, oh, I'm back home. But different. it's different now. I mean, new lights. They got more money. You know? yeah. <laughs> so... Everything's different, but um, it was good, man, because we had old faces. Welcome back. OG, welcome back. You know, and my job, I don't like the name OG, you know, that's a different <laughs> story. But, yeah. but but them calling me that, man, it was, it was I'm on it, man. They got new faces, you know, coming to me like, yo, man, I heard a lot of things about you, man. Thank mm-hmm. you for building this company with all the crew. That's awesome. You know, you're you going to have fun. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to say, man, thank you. You know, and then, um, then it hit me, reality check, you know, oh, okay, I got to go to work. And I'm teaming up with Dixon, you know. And that's another thing. I passed Georgia Dixon to take over stuff. They call me the kid of New York, you know. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and I got a couple of cats that get the case things to tell Dixon's one of them, too. And I'm like, Dixon, you taking over this thing, you know. Yeah, so it's sure. almost like, you know, like I said, I'm down the boss, you know. I'm passing it. And um, we teamed up. We killed it. We won the Ring of Honor World title. When I came to the building, I had no clue at all. I was just thinking, I'm going to have a good match. I'm ready. You know what I mean? Because I'm 44. I feel like very fucked right now because my body's wearing down. I had to take no breaks, you know. So I'm ready, you know. And they told us, yeah, you, you're you winning the, the titles. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. And then... Top killer on Jonathan Grinson, who to me was the best technician in the world right now. And one, two, three. I was like, I can't believe. 15 years ago, I won the world title. 15 years ago, I won. And Mike Bennett, that's another big shot I want to give to me. He mentioned something that to me was almost like bigger winning the belt. He came up to me, shook my head, congratulations. You know, do you want the title? You know, you, you made this promotion. I got to thank you. 15 years, you, you had what to look to now, you know. And thank you. So, and to me, that was a, a great feeling, man, for him telling me that. You know, to me, that's like winning a world title. For him saying that to me, it's like, yeah, I'm very humble. I'm not one of those guys. Me, 
And this is like one of my best friends. He always tells me, like, you the kid of York, man. You like, God, like, I shut up already. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, I don't want none of that. Yeah, very end. And when Mike Bennett was telling me that day, it was like, wow, man, thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. I love stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not those type of dudes, like, I win the world title and I become a diva or something, you know? Like, like Ray Flair drinks on me, oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> nah, I'm very humble, man. I'm, I'm one of those boys, you know? I know yeah. how that struggle feels like. And I'm going to be part of that, you know what I mean? Because I'm not going to change my ego for nobody. I'm maybe big on uh, never forget where you came from. I'm big on that. I will never forget where I came from. A lot of people telling me I'm rich. I got I got a Porsche. I got a big house now. I still go back to the hood. I still go to Folkley Project, Boston Projects. Of course, I got me something like I'm like, just a case. But I never forget where I came from, man. I love my struggle life. I love the people I'm with. No, I'm never going to change. That's awesome, man. That's what's up. So last question, 27 years in, what goals do you still have in professional wrestling or what unfinished business do you have? That's crazy you mention that because um, my goal was Master Square Garden. Mm. And um, I had a, like a little situation because I was supposed to do my debut and I had a little something with my wife, you know, uh, I had a baby, you know, caught a little miscarriage thing and I was depressed. I was outside, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, man, I just wanted to go behind the scenes and, um, now I got a baby daughter. She's, she's 10 months old right oh, now. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. And I feel like my new goal right now is that, it's basically she never gonna see me live and wrestling because I'm soft when I'm with her. I'm not homicide at all. Yeah. When I'm with her, you know, and I think she never gonna see me um being live or anything. So I just want people to say, like, dude, that your dad, you know, like I want my friends to tell her, Yo, your dad, he's a bad motherfucker, man. Like, and I want her to be like, You're right, he's corny. <laughs> like one of those things, you know. Yeah. That's my new goal right now, man, because I did everything, man. I will say yeah. I'm going to Tokyo Dome. Nah, I don't know about that. I'm going back to the the big hunt shows. I just want to become a producer, you know. Right now I'm doing good things for NWA. Ring of Honor is good. It's good to me. You know, let's see what happens in the future. I'm just gonna play along. Uh, I made a promise that I'm going to be one of the most powerful men in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. So as we close up here, how could people reach out to you on social media? What's your handles? Man, I'm very bad with social network, man. <laughs> I even hate social network. All I can say is I got an Instagram side, uh, C-I-B-E, Outlaw, 5150. I got a Facebook, uh, my shoot name, D-R-A-Z-O, E-R-A-Z-O. I got a Twitter. I think I'm the only person that's wrong got a Twitter because I got banned. But that's wow. another story. But um, if, if anybody can catch on Instagram, you know, side, outlaw, fit the 150. Definitely. I hope everyone supports Ring of Honor. Also, check out Homicide on Ring of Honor. It's the current world tag team champion. Thank you so much, man, for joining us. I really appreciate you joining the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. Like, all, always support professional wrestling. Check out NWA, Reign of Honor. Man, if you don't like WWE, support them too, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. All right. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. We want to thank our very special guest, Homicide. Thank you for joining us for, on the podcast today. And thank you for being so awesome to deal with, man. You're such a cool guy and a class act. So thank you very much for that. Also, we want to thank all our fans for checking out the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you so much. Make sure you check out the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. There's more interviews to come, so make sure you check that out. You don't want to miss the interviews on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, the actual visuals of the interviews. Make sure you also follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod, and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. I hope everyone has a great day. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to be talking all about AEW's Fight for the Fallen. And a whole lot more. So tune in tomorrow. And I hope you have a great day. Peace out. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.